Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. Hey there, Hill folk, and welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Intelligence. Uh, We're extremely, extremely thankful that you guys can join us here again for another week. Uh, You guys will have to look over me a little bit today. I've been battling the flu for a few days, so if the voice goes out a little bit sometime throughout this, I apologize. I'll try to keep the coughing fits muted and uh, the raspy laugh wheezing that I have going on. Uh, with you, per the use, your hosts, Justin, Ryan, and Lance. Ryan, Lance, how you boys doing this evening? Well, we're doing freaking fantastic. A lot better than you, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sick. It's true. Although, I will say, we sit by within close proximity of each other. For eight hours on Sunday, if not yeah. more than that, more like thirteen. And you're the only one that got sick. Yeah, he's the only one with a flu shot too. I'm just saying. I didn't get a flu shot. Every year that I take a flu shot, well, the only reason I took one this year is because my baby girl was like, "I'm not taking one, Daddy, unless you do." So I was like, "God bless." Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> so I took it. That and guess year. what? And guess that what? A year. Every time, your ass. every time I've ever taken it, I've got deathly sick with the flu. I'm done with it. Done. It's, it's not, your, it's your not a lot probably, virus, Your immune system is probably just a lot softer than ours is, apparently. Yeah, probably. It's that ginger immune system. That's what it is. Probably a ginger thing. All right. Anyway. But I'm doing, but I'm doing great. I'm glad you guys are doing so well. It's a Mo- long time to say that. Moving on. Moving on. This is why I usually don't ask that. <laughs> Usually, I don't care how you guys are doing. But no, getting into this thing, uh, you know, we like to share our latest five-star reviews whenever we receive them. Uh, You know, we like to share a little love or we like to show some love when we get love. So our latest five-star review comes from a man by the name Reverend Josh Robinson. You guys might know that name as proud hill folk because uh we just interviewed josh robinson and richie brock a few weeks back and talked about their upcoming project with shadow appalachia you guys go follow that josh and richie are the hosts of the podcast sword or 
host of the Sword and Staff podcast. Uh, they put out great content. Love what those guys are doing. If uh, you need to go back and check out that episode with those guys, um, check out their work, everything that's going on with Shadow Appalachia, uh, donate to it. It's a They've got a crowdfunding thing going on. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be awesome. You guys are really going to enjoy it. If you love Appalachia, if you love the folklore, if you love the mythology in this area, and if you love the weird, check out that project. But anyway, this comes from Reverend Josh Robinson, five stars, says, we love AI. Sketchy Richie and I had the opportunity to talk with the fellas over at AI last week. It was a great time, and they're cranking out great content that should make the hill folk of Appalachia proud. So, Josh, thank you so much for that, sir, along with all the other sharing of our show that you've done. Um, we really appreciate it, and we love you, boys. Thank you, buddy. You still can't baptize me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Damon infested river he's got up there. <laughs> But today we got a really, a really cool surprise for you, Hill folk. We got a couple of uh, pretty awesome guests with us sitting down to talk today. Uh, these guys are trailblazers into the terror of night, huntsmen hiding from the hates, collectors of coon hunting creepiness. We got the Houndstooth Mafia. We got Daniel and Ryan from Coon Hunting Confidentials. Daniel, Ryan, boys, how y'all doing this evening? Man, I'm doing great. How y'all doing? I'm making it myself. <laughs> doing, <pretty terrible>. doing, <laughs> good. <laughs> doing pretty good. I'm excited to have you guys. Well, we appreciate it. And start off with, we want to say we appreciate y'all having us on. I'm a big fan of y'all show. I listen to it all the time. And, you know, it's, you know, I ain't gonna say honor, but it's great to be on y'all, you know, to be talking with y'all because I listen to y'all all the time and get to meet you and stuff like that. Should you can, go ahead. Like, you okay. can, you can say it. You can say honor. That's fine. You can say <laughs> honor. <laughs> well, it is, it I'm is, like, uh, it is vice versa for us as well. Cause I'm going to tell you, uh, I love y'all show. I love what you're doing. That that's amazing. What, what y'all do. It's, um, I love it. Why I've been you, binging y'all all day today. <laughs> why don't you boys let the hill folk out there know a little bit about a little bit about yourselves and a little bit about the show, your podcast, and what you guys do? Because, like Ryan's saying, I think it is important. Y'all have uh, y'all kind of have your own brand going. You you started your own thing here, and and it's really cool. It's it's really cool for anybody that you know enjoys one side or the other, I think a whole bunch of people can come together and enjoy your all's podcast just based on a whole different, a bunch of different things. So if y'all wouldn't mind, why don't you just tell them a little bit about your show and, and what you do and what got it started and, and where y'all are at. I I guess um I can tell you a little bit about myself and Ryan can tell you about his self at after me and then i can tell you how it all came about because ryan and i have been friends since uh hell i don't know how old was you 13 12 13 12 13 years old we started hunting together i was in my early i was probably about 25 26 i'm 42 now so 
Yeah. So anyway, my name is Daniel Felker, and uh, I tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a I'm a Southern boy. We live down here in South Carolina, a little bitty small town called Joanna. Man, there's one red light, but there's a Dollar General, so we get by. And um, I and we we live like right in the heart of Sumter National Forest, and so we got a lot of like hunting land. And but anyway, I've kind of been around here all my life when i graduated high school i went to pensacola i went to a bible college in pensacola it was there it's no longer there it was the brownsville revival school of ministry and at that time and i still think historically brownsville might be the longest running revival in american history but um i met man it was crazy to describe that because i went down there my senior year just for like revival for church and I stood in line. We had to stand in line. I think we got in line at noon that day. And there was people that had been camped out and stuff. And it was like that for about the first year. There was having to eat direct traffic because people was camping out. And there was lines in, going down, surrounding. Uh, I had a roommate from the country of Norway. It was like people was coming from all. Actually, at the time, Brownsville Revival School of Ministry was the fastest growing Bible college in the United States. And I don't even want to get into how all that came about, but in a nutshell, I'll tell you what made it go defunct was denomination hierarchy was basically how that came about. And, you know, somebody might hear this and be like, no, no, it wasn't. And I'm like, I graduated from there. I had just left. I knew people that was going to school there. I talked to them and it was denominational hierarchy that stepped in and that whole thing crumbled. So, but anyway, that was, I graduated in May of 2000. Yeah, I graduated high school in 1998. I graduated from Bibles College in May of 2000, and I got married in June. I married my wife and I. We started dating when I was in high school. I was like 16. I think she was 15, and we've been married 22 years, and we have three kids. My oldest son is a sophomore at Anderson University. No, he's a junior. Yeah. He's a junior at Anderson University. And my other son, Peyton, he is a senior at Whitmire High School. And my he's little girl. Huh? I said, he's a pimp. P-I-M-P. <laughs> if you don't know, you do now. <laughs> <laughs> we call him Slim. <laughs> he, uh, and then I have a little girl. She's about to turn 10 in a couple of days, on December the 10th. So, and, that's about how life has went, you know, and when I graduated Bible college, I thought that at that time I was going to hit the world ablaze and go to the mission field. And I thought I was going to go to Brazil and little did I know what life would, how life would unfold. And over the years, I met my perspective has changed a lot. My, my, uh, a lot of my biblical views have changed a lot over the years. I, I mean, I'm, I still, I believe I'm Pentecostal. I still believe, you know, I come from that background and I still hold to that, but there are certain things like, you know, the I tell people that the best and the worst thing I ever did was go to a Bible college. <laughs> I said, cause I learned how to study the Bible and I learned how to read through a lot of bullshit that pastors was throwing out that, that I was hearing coming from a pulpit. And I'm like, that's not what the Bible says. 
and I tell it, it, the main thing is like the the trib, pre-trib, post-trib, all of that. I grew up like Jesus is coming back before the tribulation, and I'm reading in the Bible, and I'm like, that's not what I'm seeing. I'm not. You take somebody and you put them in a room by themselves and give them nothing but a Bible to read, no commentary, no nothing, for like two three years. They don't know anything about the Bible. They just know you just give it to them and they read it. They're going to come out of that and you tell them about a pre-trib rapture and they're going to be like, I did not read that at anywhere in this book. Did I, did you, are they going to come up with that? You know what I'm saying? And so somewhere along the way, uh, about around about COVID, I started asking a lot of questions. And I told my mama, she was, I, I run a feed store. I work a full-time job. I run a feed store in this little town. And I, uh. Did um, COVID brought this on? No, I, that was about the time. Cause I remember COVID, I started questioning a lot of things about the great pyramid stuff like that. I was like, I feel like there are things that I feel like, I, I felt like God, I was like, why would he allow some of this stuff? Where are the answers? Why is he allowing none of this stuff to be hurt, be known? Where did this great pyramid come from? Because I don't believe it got built the way it is. I'm looking at all these megalithic structures, and I'm like, where is this at in the Bible? How can I fit this into my paradigm? And I tell my mom, I was like, I said, I, I'm kind of having issues with God about this. And then I come across Gary Wayne, all these different things, and I come across the Nephilim. And I, I remember reading in high school, my senior year, I was like the Bible thumper as I was hardcore. I was deep in it. And so um, I, uh, I, I got to coming across. I, I never have bought into the Genesis six as being the Sethites. I've always re- looked at Peter and knew that those sons of God were the fallen angels and not some men. And I, that's how all my mindset started coming together on the certain things that we could possibly get into tonight and and my thoughts on it because i'll go deep on anything but um I, I started coon hunting when i was 11 i've always coon hunted i've never really liked deer hunting I've, i i like squirrel hunting with dogs a little bit but i've always i've been a diehard coon hunter and i I guess but that kind of led up to I wanted to do a podcast, but I'll let Ryan talk a little bit and I guess and let him tell a little bit about about, about himself. Well, I don't have quite as much to say. <laughs> tell us tell us about your time. Tell us about your time spent at Bible college, Ryan. Well <laughs> see, I didn't go to Bible college. <laughs> I became a welder. And I've done a lot of welding and mill writing. So it was kind of the opposite of that <laughs> on the job site. <laughs> anyways, I'm 31 years old, and I'm from Clinton, South Carolina. I got two youngins, seven and ten, and met old Daniel here when I was probably 12, 13 years old, started coon hunting, and listened to him talk about a bunch of crazy shit from time to time while we was coon hunting, and kind of lit into a podcast. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking to you fellas. I feel like I made it. Crazy-ass world, ain't it? Yep. Yeah. Dude, I, I've always been a stargazer. I've always been a stargazer. Like, yeah. I just, there's something about the night sky that I find beautiful. And I don't remember. I, I was listening to, I don't remember exactly which podcast it was I was listening to. 
and it was talking about why why is the moon come across this feminine a, a lot of times and I, I i don't think it was y'all i don't exactly remember who it was but it was talking about and i was like that makes sense it makes sense to me if well, we you like the night so much yeah <laughs> if you go outside and stare at the sun it's harsh the summertime is harsh it's very it's almost to me it has a masculine feel but the the moon is is beautiful it's feminine it's easy to look at it's easy on the eyes and the night sky i think is just it's mesmerizing if you really take the time to look at the night sky you know what that just occurred to me remember them old cartoons when the hot lady would come out on stage and they'd turn into a wolf and bang chairs and howl and werewolves turn into a yeah. werewolf on full moons and start howling at the moon. It's because yeah. it's a hot lady. Ryan, yeah. that's genius. That's genius. That may be the smartest thing you've ever said on the show. That's not <laughs> the smartest thing I've ever said on this show. Damn it, go. Why did you put the together so quickly? Because you told me to, Drill Sergeant. <laughs> if you don't know what Ryan's favorite movie is, it's easy to tell. Sparse go because the lines just come so fluidly. Because how many times have you seen Forrest Gump? Like three, three, four hundred. A buddy of mine he had his own house or trailer when we was in high school. He didn't have cable. We just watched Forrest Gump on repeat. All the time. <laughs> well, that's yeah, kind of that's kind of how me and Lance were with Major Pain for a couple years. So we get it. We get it. We understand. It was Tommy Boy for me. Man, I, um, the first time, I guess, I had Ryan playing. Ryan don't listen to a lot of podcasts. If he listens to anything that's not like a hunting podcast, most of the time it's when he's riding with me. And we was coon hunting one night, and I was like, dude, you got to hear the story. I put on the Hollow Sky podcast when y'all were on there, and Justin was telling the story about that shadow figure. And... uh Man, when I don't remember which one of them guys it was at the Hollow Sky, it was like I would karate. I'd been karate chopping the f out of that thing. And when, when he said that, I don't know who said that, but dude, we bust. I didn't heard it, not already laughed, and we busted out laughing like it was so funny. Dude, we yeah. love we love those guys, Steve and Kyle over at Hollow Sky. Oh my. They're I so feel like funny. I feel like we talk about them every single episode, but that's the credit that they deserve. I feel like because we yeah. love we love those dudes, and honestly, we stay in constant contact. I mean, we message each other, you know, once every few days, you know, checking on each other, seeing you know what's going on, what you're working on, what you're into. Uh, I mean, they've just they've been a huge help for us. I mean, we've had a whole lot of listeners come over from the cult of Hollow Sky and. And check us out, and they're just—they're great dudes, man. They're—they're they're so easy to—they're so easy to sit down and talk to. They're a lot like you boys, and that's what we keep finding is, you know, no matter who they're we're sitting down, and, yeah, yeah. I think the first time I, I listened to one of their episodes, uh, they was like cracking open a monster, and I'm like, heck yeah, I, <laughs> I can get down with these. I can tell already because I'm—I'm I'm addicted to monsters, so. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan be, Ryan be preaching at me all the time about I dream. Devil, bro. <laughs> but, <laughs> that lady has too much time on her hands. Don't you believe that bullshit, Ryan? <laughs> That's a M. 
That is not 666 and Aramaic or Hebrew, whatever the hell she said. That's a Karen with too much time is what that is. <laughs> so uh, I, the Monster Originals, man, I drink like one, sometimes two a day, and I, I got to have it. One wise kidneys hurt. Listen, I, I used to have a problem. You can ask Justin. I bring a 12-pack of those white sugar-free monsters to work and just drink them all day long. It was bad. It was bad. Like, probably four or five a day. Did your kidneys hurt? No. Oh, and I lost a lot of weight because I wasn't drinking pop anymore. Now yeah, I'm just fat ass. Blood pressure and cholesterol was through the roof. Heart my cholesterol was fine. Heart rate was 177. Yeah, yeah, in so my sleep. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. No. No, I had to give those up. Well, man, I tell you, like, um, Dustin, we have a third member of our uh, our little mafia, little trio here. He is actually in New Orleans right now with uh, some kind of farmer's association. I forgot what the hell he said now. The Young Farmer's Association, I think is what he said. <laughs> Might be. Anyway, his family, are they're like, uh, chicken farmers they have chicken houses and stuff like that and they go to the meetings every year so he's down there for that so normally he would be chiming in with us but he got me about two years ago he's he, he's a squirrel hunter that's his thing he wanted to go coon hunting with me so we went coon hunting and we was talking about dogs Sometimes, like persimmon trees, muscadines, and when they're really ripe, when when persimmons are on, they can give a dog a fit, and they'll pull up short. and And we're talking about why this is, and he was like, "You know what?" He said, "I just listened to a podcast about scenting on the Houndsman XP." And so I went on there and I found it. I listened to it, and that was the first podcast I listened to, and I turned into a podcast junkie. And I started listening to, I listened to every like dog hunting podcast I could come across. I started listening. And then I started branching out to all my other interests, like conspiracy theory stuff. I come across Sam Tripoli and the Tim Fall hat. I listened to that all the time. Um, then I came across Tony Merkel, the confessionals, blurry, uh, the blurry creatures. Um, I believe I've listened to every blurry creatures episode from one plus like all the members episode i, I don't I, I, tony's got a lot it's hard to go through his back <laughs> yeah <laughs> then I he's coming up on there. 500 now so yeah he's way up there so anyway Damn. i got the idea i wanted to do a coon hunting podcast because there wasn't very many of them and you know coon hunting some people say coon hunting is on the on the down slope but competition coon hunting is on the rise like just this year they had a they was going to hold a pkc hunt in mississippi that was going to be for 64 dogs at i think 4500 entry fee and was going to pay back a hundred thousand dollars first place it booked up so fast that they had to have two of them they booked up two 64 dogs $4,500 entry fee hunts and they had held them back to back or held them at the same event at the same time in Mississippi. And, um, one of them a guy named Scott Engel with a dog named Wipeout Echo won the first one. He won, they went out the final four, uh, they decided to go back out and hunt the other one, the final four decided to split. So they took that money and it all got split amongst the 
first through fourth. Wow. So, and then, uh, I mean, you got like your world hunts pay out big. There's super stakes. Uh, there's three age groups for super stakes and PKC. Then uh, UKC has, they started this tournament of champions, which to get qualified for that, you got to have five UKC cast wins within a, a, a year. So for this year, it'll end December 31st. And uh, they have the tournament of champions. All those that got qualified will go to like zones and hunt against each other and once they make it through them zones or i don't know if they named them zones or regions i can't remember but then they'll go regions they'll go out and hunt for fifty thousand dollars so and i can i can name probably five dogs right now off the top of my head that have sold between eighty to a hundred thousand dollars in the past three four years a dog yeah 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 like uh i got a I ain't going to say. There's but. one that sold for so much. A guy bought half of him, and that guy paid $85,000 for a dog. And he'll openly say that, that. He paid that for a dog. But he won't tell you how much he paid for half of that other dog. He said it's more than he would have ever imagined he paid for the dog. And he's, wow. He's, he's rich. Yeah. Obviously. So, well, I, I guess mean, I won't be in any kind of competition, huh? I can tell you that. Well, you can get into it pr- uh, I'm not gonna say you can get into not at that kind level, of cheap, maybe, but, but not at that. Yeah, I'm not at that level. No, we're not at that level. I've been doing it my whole damn life almost. Like well, we'll say, for instance, like uh, right now, there's a, a hunt going on over in Union, South Carolina, called the Palmetto Jamboree. And last night, we held a warm up hunt at our club, which was a hundred dollar entry fee. And I forgot how many we go out. They'll split them out as many. They'll kind of like divide them out and cast a four and um four dogs to a group they, they try to do at four sometimes it'll break down to a three dog cast but then each one has a guide they go hunting you'll have hunting judges but they'll hunt you, you got rules and stuff like that and so uh i thought i had a tuesday night i got off work and i'm like well i know i'm gonna hunt this hunt it's pouring down rain i turned my dog loose she goes in there blast through there hunting in the rain trees a coon i didn't think she was gonna do shit and then come last night in the hunt, after I done paid a hundred dollar entry fee, she hooks a hog and she runs that stinking bastard for a whole hour. <laughs> and I'm talking about, I was highly, highly pissed. Highly, I was <laughs> so I'm not at the level where I'm going to be hunting for no, what I'm paying. Now, like some of them, some of them hunts, there's a, there's a, a organization called pro sport and, they are, I'm not going to call them, they are the upper echelon, I guess, of handlers and hunters because they give away a truck at their hunts and this majority of them's trucks and they have, it's a $6,500 entry fee. That gone. That's crazy. Yeah, like John Strickland, but they, they said something about he, he's going to be opening up like Strickland Motors. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And coon hunting is, I don't see coon hunting on a down slope because of coon hunting is like right there from being as close to bass masters or some type of bass fishing. Like maybe not bass masters, but it's getting pretty dang close to bass know, fishing. We got, somebody's got to win a million dollars coon hunting before we get there. Hey, it's, it's, if it keeps going at this rate, five years ago, I never would have thought I'd have seen a $100,000 payout hunt. But anyway, now, I don't even think them bass boats cost what they paid for them dogs. 
probably not no, they, some no, of they cost them. About, they cost $67 well, well, one of them, One of them I, that sold for $100,000 has turned right around, and he's won that plus a lot more. He's definitely okay. won. I think he's probably pushing 300000 maybe two eighty, something like that. Wow. Just to show a little bit of my ignorance here on coon hunting, but is this so the guy pays a hundred thousand dollars for that dog? Is it pretty similar to like a stud fee uh for horse racing where he will stud that dog out? Oh yeah. Eventually, okay. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So people would pay him a certain set amount or whatever to bring yeah, right the dog. Now the average it. stud, the average stud on a good dog right now is eight, eight fifty, something like that. Somewhere in that neighborhood is about eight hundred and fifty dollars. But once they they're not gonna live cover a female if if they're really pushing that dog in a hunt. Um they might do some kind of like AI, no pun intended. <laughs> but <laughs> but um they might do something like that with a vet drawing it, but they're not gonna like let them live cover a female if they're really pushing that dog in a hunt really hard. Yeah. So y'all, so y'all talking about yeah. let the vet do this bastard follows me around enough as it is. Anyway, I go back to you know, I listened to a lot I wanted to do a coon hunting podcast because there wasn't very many of them and it's kind of like on the uptick. Now there's there's a few out there now, I say four, five right off maybe five i hope i'm not missing anybody i don't want to start naming them because i might miss them but uh, i wanted to know i want to do a podcast and then i just so happened i was listening to tony and they had the the dog versus dog man episode came out and it was a coon hunting story and i'm listening to it and and i'm popping off eargasms because i'm like holy crap is coon hunting and creepy i was like i gotta hear more of this i got to hear more of this i gotta know i'm a coon hunter that's all i do is coon hunt i want to hear more and i started like wanting to take certain aspects of other other uh, podcasts and how I they were formatted and stuff and I knew I was like I was already hitting Ryan up I was like dude we gotta do it you you got to man I was like it's too much <laughs> comedy value to not put into a podcast and then I I talked to Dustin and I was like dude man I was like you listen to podcasts all the time you the one that got me hooked on this stuff I was like let's go on this podcast and look for these creepy stories with me and he said okay and i i didn't not that i didn't want him to i didn't think he was gonna say okay when i said uh creepy stuff coon hunting i knew he would be down for but when i mentioned the creepy looking for the the weird unexplainable stuff that's happened and but yeah he was cool with it and he so far he's enjoying it i don't want to put words in his mouth but i'm enjoying it we're having fun we're meeting people i didn't uh, think we'd make it this far <laughs> i'm telling yeah, you like, your show is awesome it's all it, there's not another one like it is the thing so you yeah. said you were looking for more stories like that you are those more stories there ain't no other show like <laughs> y'all so uh, you guys got you guys got something really good but um yeah, it's it's a lot of the people. There's, there's some people that are very reluctant on telling their stories, and there's some of them I'm still working on trying to make contact, get in touch with them, and 
get it out of them, I reckon. But, man, we just like to cut up and have fun. And I try to take our audience, if uh, if you look at the, the coon hunting audience in a whole, it's a very patriotic, very, uh, I'd say, um, country boy, Christian type atmosphere. It's very, at times, I think, our community can be very blind patriotic as well. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know? Um, but so I try to be careful as far as how much, how far off the rabbit trail we divulge because of, uh, just the coon hunting audience in general, as far as, you know, what I, I feel like they will be comfortable accepting. And I try to like, weave little things into it like the fairies Lizard come on people. now whoever thought they would listen to a coon hunting podcast talking about fairies well, that's <laughs> the name of the dog or something yeah <laughs> fairy oh i'm supposed to ask y'all have you ever heard of a dog called foggy mountain blaze i haven't but i can look into it maybe well I might my think i might have a boy we work with, his name's Nick. His cousin, Clayton, right? Clay. Clay owned that dog, and apparently it was just one of the best coon dogs ever. Well, we're looking him well, up right now. Like five months old, treated his first coon on his own. I can believe that, yeah. yeah and then that. something else happened. He sent him off somewhere. And then he came back and he went more shit and all he did was tree possums. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. Oh, I wanted to ask you on those tournaments or those competitions, do they stock coons or is it just free no, for all? No, it's free cast. It's okay. wild. It's a wild hunt. And they don't hey, kill them. They just score them. Like if you see a coon was in the a, tree, it's so many points. Was that a blue tick? Yes, it was. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Uchman's Foggy Mountain Blaze, which yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, so he, he's a, a Uchman bred dog, so I could I could believe he was a pretty good dog. Yeah, matter yeah, of fact, he, I'm, as I'm looking that up, Jason Snellgrove, who does the Coonhound Collective, sent me a video. I'll check that out in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but, he, he told me to ask y'all if you ever heard of that dog because uh, him and his cousin used to hunt it all the time he said it was a it was the best coon dog he'd ever been around i looked him up i mean he is, is a, still coon hunting i don't know they don't have him no more i don't reckon no they, they don't. still coon hunt yeah yeah they still coon hunt. yeah he's, he's a, a hook up and go with him man he's a grand night champion grand champion which means he made grand night in the night hunts and grand champion means that he is a show champion he's a grand show champion hmm. so he was, you know, he's a he's a dual, what we would call dual grand. He's grand both ways. Oh. Hmm. So, yeah, I believe he's probably a pretty damn decent dog. So, Nick wouldn't lying to us. That's, that's no, pretty I'll cool. I'll tell Nick, hey, you, you were on to something there, buddy. He could have <laughs> told me anything. I don't know shit about it. That's I'm trying to learn. I feel like I'm learning a lot more. I'm learning some lingo here. Listen to their <laughs> podcast. I could talk shit. Like I'm a coon hunter from way back now. <laughs> Been one time my whole life. You got it. All you need to do is now talk shit, and you'll be all right. <laughs> you fake it till you make it, Ryan. Fake it till you make it. Just go chill out in the woods, eat. What I do, 
find me a good spot to sit down and just hang out for a while. <laughs> Eat a See, I, gather your thoughts. <laughs> earlier today, I was laughing my ass off because you were talking about paying some guy. You had to pay some guy $20 to let you shoot a coon out of a tree because your dog tree. It was him. Tree, it was one of his special spots. That's the one he was saying. It, it was a cur like dog I had. I had a cur dog. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was the one we was interviewed that uh the um Brandon Shea from Serial Spirits podcast out of West Virginia. Yeah. 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 He's the one. Yeah, yeah, that was the guy from West Virginia. That was he was the one who really was going into all the woo. Now that guy Mike from Pennsylvania, you guys in uh interviewed up in Claysville. Mm-hmm. I actually used to live there. I worked at the coal mines up there. My kids went to Claysville Elementary, so I knew that part of the area too. And he went in line. There's coons galore there. Hell yeah. We don't have coons galore here. Not like <laughs> not like the lower part of the state, and not like out west and or the Midwest, Missouri, places like that. They're loaded. They are so loaded. I would love to have a third of the amount of coons that they have. It's ridiculous. <laughs> But um, I mean, I you want to hear uh, like uh, uh, I guess one of the woo woo. I think to me it's woo. This is a coon hunting thing because the, and it led to you know another Tony Merkle episode. <laughs> um, it was before it was October of last year. Um, I already knew I wanted to do a podcast. I knew what I kind of how I wanted to do it. And, but I did not mean for these two to happen like this. I was listening to the, art, the episode of the Rando Not, the Rando Nautica stuff. So the I'm devil. Like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said, I'm going to give this stuff a shot. I'm going to download this app. And I worked on that Tuesday. I worked 12 hours. And I thought about it. I actually downloaded that app while I was on break. I thought about it. And I'm like, I'm going to download this app. I got off work that night. I went coon hunting and my dog, I'm sitting there listening. I'm sitting at my tailgate. I'm listening to her. She, she finally, she gets treed and I'm fooling with this app the whole time. And I don't know if any of y'all have dabbled with the rando knot stuff or don't I, um, do it. I, I It asks you, you have to like, it searches that you can expand or or your radius that you want to search for random anomalies. So I did it in a close proximity. And it come back showing that there was an anomaly back in the same patch of woods, which is all um it's a part of something National Forest. There's like a, a, a old park in that area that was built by the CCC camps back in uh, the nineteen thirties. So and it's kind of a weird place. There's been some murders and stuff that happened down in that park and bodies dumped out. It's weird shit that's done went on down there. Hell, I had some kinfolk get married down there. <laughs> <laughs> we have, well, yeah, I'm, we've had family reunions down there. It's, it's, it's a, a Skeeter, I think. <laughs> Skeeter. <laughs> Damn Skeets. That place is haunted. <laughs> so, I go in there and I... I go, I get my dog, I shine a tree and all that good stuff. I go back to my truck and I go back out the road and I'm, I'm still, I'm debating if I want to go check out this random anomaly. 
I didn't. It's asking. It asks you when it's doing it, the generating that thing. It asks you to focus your intention. Man, I can't recall what I was focusing my attention on. I don't know what my what my intentions was. I don't know. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go check this thing out. I'm gonna go check it out. What it is? So I pull up the road, and it's like 200 yards. It comes up like a Google Map. It works off Google Maps, and it gives you like a little radius and a drop pin and everything right where there's you need to get to. So I'm I go through I park I get out and I, there's like this big hill right there and I go up the hill, and I'm like you know what my my um my dog I didn't have her in the dog box I had her in the passenger seat with me she was in the passenger seat so I go back to my truck and I get her out because I was like yeah cop somebody show up I'm not just gonna have my dog sitting in right here with me not in it. And plus, I did it for like comfort too for myself. <laughs> and so I'm going into the woods. Sacrificial and, dog. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out like, what am I going to come across? Is it going to be like, I'm looking for like Indian artifacts, an old like knife stuck in the tree. I have no idea what I'm looking for. I'm just looking. Well, when I get into this this area close to it, my dog is going crazy and she's like hopping up in the air. She's smelling up in the air. She's just, and I'm looking for, I'm like, man, I got to find a tree that I can tie at least her up to while I search the ground, look for something, whatever. And when I step foot into like the right in the center of that radius where that pin is, there's a tree about two foot beside me. And when I stepped right beside it, something, it was, it was too loud. I've heard hogs blow. I've, I've heard deer blow at me at night and whatever it was, it should have been like within arm's reach of that tree. And it just like, it's like, and it was like, I, it, dude, it still gives me chills thinking about that. Cause I, it was like, I could feel, I jumped back. Like, I'm like, Oh shit. I jumped cause I felt like it was right there and my light, it can go, you know, if I double click my light, it's up on my head and I double uh, click it backwards. I can get like my walking light. Or if you go forward, you get like the spot that really shines out. And then I immediately, I cut my light off. This might sound weird, but I can hear stuff better with my light off. If I'm just lights off, eyes closed, listen. And I immediately, I cut my light off. And the very first noise that I heard of leaves rustling was off to my right, kind of back behind, not behind me, but from where that happened, it, it, it kind of would have been behind me a little bit, but it was about, oof. I don't know how far it had to have been 40, 35, 40 yards. Maybe I heard something and then it took off. I, that was all I heard. I shine my light. Then I immediately spotlighted and it blew at me twice. I never saw anything. And then when it did that, I just like, you know what? It's time for me to get, I started to turn my dog loose, man. I really did. And I was like, I know it's not a raccoon, whatever it is. I'm going to cut her loose and see what she'll do. But on second thought, I'm like, I'm just going to get my redneck ass back out of here. I'm just <laughs> going to go. And, and dude, I went, I went back out there the next day to see if there was anything I could possibly find. I made like this video. I put it on Facebook. He called Ryan a hundred times. 
<laughs> so, and, and to me, it, a lot of people will probably play that off as a deer, hog, whatever. Whatever it was, I've never heard anything that loud. I've never had anything blow at me that loud. And I'm thinking, what are the odds that this freaking app brought me to something that's supposed to be a random anomaly, a, a whatever location, and something blows at me that I've never heard before. I can't see it. My light won't shine. I, I have no idea what it was. But after listening to a lot of the Woo podcast, we'll say, I should have looked up. I never looked up, and that's where I, I think that's where I messed up. I should have looked up, and you know you hear a lot of Bigfoot stories of up being up stuff like that. Is well, I check this out about two weeks later, if that. I'm in my store, and there's this guy that I, I know him. I know where he lives, and he works for a logging company. And he come in the store and he's like, hey, man, he said that uh, you made that video about that thing that happened when you was using that app. He said, did it have ha- just so happened to be over near such and such place? And I was like, yeah, it sure was. Why? He's like, man, he said, we've been logging over there. And he was like, he started telling me some of the stuff. They come across an old whale, an old house place in a whale that even the national, the, the U.S. government didn't even know that that whale was there because it is U.S. forestry. So nobody knew that whale was there. One dude takes a rock and chucks it in the whale, and he gets on a brand new piece of machinery, and the motor blows up on him. They have technicians, let people come out and look at it. And he said, man, they told him that they have never seen a brand new piece of machinery blow up like that before. Well, just so happens that guy, he said that guy and another guy come back to work talking about they was having nightmares of some type of Indian looking woman coming up out of that grave. And that one dude could, he could like draw pictures and he drew a picture of what he was seeing. And he said that he was having waking up from nightmares that this woman was coming up out of this well and hovering over top of him. And he would wake up and that was in his dream. And uh, one of the other guys that was logging with him, he was like, he he's like all shocked because he's like, I'm having the same dream and I'm seeing the same woman. And he was telling me, he was like, man, he said, I was sitting in in my truck. He drives a truck for him. He said, I was sitting in my, my truck just waiting on sun to come up. And he said, and it got up. The sun hadn't come up yet, but he said, well, you can start seeing it. If you've ever been deer hunting and you kind of be like right there as the sun's starting to come up and you can see something, but you can bear, you can just see like a shadow of something. Gray light. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, man, he said, I seen something. He said, I, at first he said, I couldn't tell what it was. He said, it was just squatted down. And he said, I saw it get up. And walk off is a black figure, the best I could tell. He said, but it was two legs. It walked off, he said, and it was about eight foot tall to my estimation. And he said, well, he showed me pictures of this too, where they had their landing site, where they were logging in that area. Something had come in there a night, that night before, well, whenever they had left and had went through several trees around where their landing site was and not, had notches about eight, nine feet up in the trees around them. And said, the boss asked him, he's like, did y'all come in here and do this? It was like, 
why would we come in here <laughs> with a ladder and put notches that high up in the trees? And and he showed them to me. They were clear notches about eight or nine feet tall all around where their their landing site was. And none of them was like, we didn't do it. And so hmm. I don't know how they got there, but I saw pictures of them being there. And I don't know. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody that would go in there because I don't know one. I don't know anybody that tall and who would go in there and do something like that while they're logging, especially when there's no, uh, well, season might, season was open because that was in, they was logging that last, last season. Yeah, squirrel season was in while they was logging that because that was in October, November. And damn deer hunters. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Hunting season was in while they were doing that. So not do do y'all do any deer hunting? I do. Do you? I deer hunt. I hunt about anything. I like rabbit hunting with dogs. I, I got a squirrel dog. Sorry, Justin, I hit the table. No, you're pretty too right. VHD. And do you boys have any local legends or Oak lore of giants or anything around down there. Like where we're at, we have the wood booger. That's that's kind of the local thing that we they they call our Sasquatch or Bigfoot or whatever. You boys He's have even got a restaurant. Even got a restaurant, yeah. Oh shit. Free ads. No, nah, we don't really have anything. The most popular thing from South Carolina is gonna be the lizard man from Scape or Swamp. That was kind of like one of the big things in the or late eighties, I believe. Yeah, it was late eighties when all that happened. Yeah, there's lizard people like, everywhere. There's a mill. Well, it ain't really. A, it's a mill village. It's called Lydia Mill. It had the headless woman. You can look that up. I think it's on the internet. Well, I know it is. Hmm. And it had the happy dog. Yeah, we talked about the happy, dog. the happy dog. That's probably like the the one that I grew up the closest listening to in our area was not the the hound of Goshen Hill. Everybody called him the happy dog. And I, I was I listening to that it. episode on the way home from work yesterday when y'all say it's a white dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's smiling at you, showing its teeth. Yeah. My my daddy brought me this book and uh, I'm looking to see if it's over there. I think he took it home with him. It's called Our Father's Fields. And there's this guy who, who was a professor at the University of South Carolina who bought the old William Hardy plantation. And he researched the whole history, like the stuff that come with the house that was in the house, the history of the land and all the way back to when it was pretty much occupied by the Cherokees. And I think it was Cherokee. They split somewhere, somewhere up above us. There was like a Cherokee and uh, something or other. They had like, I, I don't know exactly. It got that, but he went way back with on that because right in that area, you got the Tiger River Henry River and the Broad River in those areas, and they all eventually tie into one another. And uh, man, he went back to like how many acres William Hardy had, dude. He in that book, I thumbed through it. I don't know that I'll ever read it, but he actually, um, he went and I, re- I did read the part where he interviewed a lady from over there in Maventon from in 1990, yeah, 1990. And she was like 80 something years old then. And she grew up like right after it. And she was kind of in it. And I'm I'm pretty sure it was uh, another guy. It's the same woman. I don't know if it's the same woman or not, but another guy told me that he was used to be babysitting. And this guy's in his seventies by a woman in Mabenton. And he said, until the day she died, she swore that she had seen it. She knew she swore that it was real. Hmm. And, uh, 
that's what that guy he interviewed that woman and that's what she said she uh she swore that it was real she swore that she'd heard it she swore and she was a kid she named the names of all the people that like that uh there was this y'all want me to tell y'all the story real quick yeah, yeah. give it to yeah. us yeah, okay. absolutely may as well so um, there used to be this road that came from back in the, I think, late 1790s. The General Assembly of South Carolina voted to build this road from Charleston, South Carolina to Asheville, which had been in Buncombe County, and they called it the Buncombe Road. Buncombe Trail. And so, uh, it actually, it was like it a, was a trail before they made it a road. Yeah, it became a legit, like, uh, major. Back then, if you wanted to get from Charleston to Asheville, you was going through. He was going to Buncombe Road. And so up until there were several different places along the Buncombe Road where there would be, I ain't going to call them, they were like settlements because there was Mabenton and then you had Goshen Hill. They were kind of like right side by side. At one time, Mabenton had a post office and I want to say Goshen Hill had a post office. But now they're like one and the same to me because it's just driving through it. It's just out in the country now. Um, but over time, the land got over farmed, a lot of over farmed and pretty much the civil war put the choke hold and, and that road just became unused. That old lady in that book, she said that the trees would die and fall across the road and nobody would come and take it off. And eventually people just forgot about that old road and. And the South was pretty much decimated after the Civil War, and their land was stripped, and they had done cotton, you know, tilled it, and pretty much stripped all the topsoil off of it. It was bad land after the, that time. But around 1850, the legend says that there was a traveler that was coming. I don't know if he was coming or going. Don't know. But he showed up in the Goshen Hill area, and just about that time, there was this brutal murder that happened. And, of course, the people that was living there, they blamed this guy who was coming in as a peddler. And they said that he had this big, white, shaggy dog with him. And they blamed him. They prosecuted him and hung him later to find out shortly thereafter that it wasn't him that done it. And there's two parts of the legend that says that he was, he was left hanging. And the hound stayed there and howled and howled until somebody come and put the hound out of his misery or that one day they both disappeared at the same time. But then around 1855, this ghost hound shows up when this, this guy who William Hardy, who uh, that professor has owns that plantation house. Now he restored it and everything. Well, William Hardy's family had owned that for I think they were like the second legit owners after uh, a land treaty and King George started divvying out. I think it was King George. He started divvying out land to different people. The Hardy family were the second owners of that. So William Hardy gets sick and he's going to send one of his servants named Ben to uh, go get Dr. Douglas. Well, Dr. Douglas, Ben says when, when he's on his way, all of a sudden, this white dog comes out and is following him. And 
it's like this ghost dog and it has a standoff and it it's said got red glowing eyes he had red glowing eyes and at one point in time they was chasing the mule and um here's a little part of the story william hardy raised racing mules and in like 1840 something won the race and mule horse race of the year or something i meant the mule race of the year so he had racing mules but apparently he told ben not to overheat the mule because of the ride and so, so forth well he comes rolling in hot to dr douglas's <laughs> house on this mule and yelling and that he needed help and this he was just going crazy dr douglas said that he had heard him yelling before he even got to the house calling for help and uh old ben said that that dog hopped up on his back and hopped up on the, the mule's back and was breathing down his neck and it, it terrified him well then had a shit all over the place <laughs> he probably did too, <laughs> be told. He just make it in the story that mule would have been hot and smelly <laughs> <laughs> But um, it, they didn't know what to make of it. And so Dr. Douglas had an encounter that said it caused him to give Haints a new consideration. So if you really look at it, it caused Dr. Douglas, his paradigm to shift a little bit because he had that run-ins. And the doctor that took over, I think his name was Dr. Cofield, he took over after Dr. Douglas retired. And... Dr. Cofield had the most encounter with it. He claimed that he had several, several encounters with the ghost hound of Goshen Hill while making his rounds on horseback and so forth. And, and there's been few people claim that they've seen, heard things over there over the years. I've never seen anything. I've never heard anything like that over there. But His line, we heard coyotes the night we went over there. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> that's not what we're I kind of knew where the old Douglas house place was. So we was coon hunting a few weeks ago and we come back and I was like, screw it, man. I'm going to go over there. We're going to find it. And it's like right at midnight. And honestly, it was, it was full of all kind of weird, weird things that happened when we got over there. We pulled up to it, man. Stopped the truck. I had my window down, letting some air out. But uh, we pull up and start the truck, and there was a squirrel barking, like in the middle of the night. Like squirrels ain't out in the middle of the night. And I was like, "Here now!" I said, "Dude, just pull off." <laughs> I was like, "Don't do it." Squirrels don't, don't do even it. act right over here. That's. <laughs> hey, so we get up there on top of this hill, up in the woods, looking for it, and coyotes start howling like in front of us and back behind us, and they wasn't that far, maybe like 150. Maybe that was a pack. They was pretty close. Which don't really bother us that bad. Yeah, well, yeah. about the time that I found this damn old house place, it ain't nothing but the chimneys left standing there. As soon as I find cool. it, I look, and there's eyes like everywhere. I was like, holy shit, because they're about to trice. I ain't never had a coyote to get close to. I'm like, these motherfuckers are going to trice. I was like, look at them. Look at them. They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> We're standing there, and all of a sudden, they start running all around and shit. It was just deer. It wasn't coyote. <laughs> I'm about to punch this coyote in the face. What made yeah. it weird is the deer didn't pay the coyote any attention, which is weird. Yeah, they were focused on us the whole time. They were focused on us and never paid the coyotes any attention. It was like everything was telling us to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Huh. But I came out of there with one of them pre-Civil War bricks. 
and they're huge bricks, man. I'm talking about like they're big bricks and right on the side of it. I didn't know it till I got home. I got to looking at it because I told Ryan, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm leaving out from here without one of these bricks. I was like, this brick was made before the Civil War, dog. I was like, because this house was built. It's probably, that brick was probably built right there where that house was. You can still see the, like, there's fingerprint indentions of, like, two or three fingers I can fit on one side and a thumb on the other side where it was handmade and they just, like, said it. So, there's fingerprint indentions in it. So they made those bricks out of clay, right? Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's a red, it's a red brick, but it was, which we got a lot of red dirt around here anyway, so it was probably made local. Well, down there on on base, you know, it's like uh, seventeen thousand acres is that base. Well, there it goes. There's a part that's open, you know, like it's not fenced in, and it runs into. Uh, well, there's a fence between the what's it called, Francis Marion National Forest. Yeah. There's a fence between the base and that, but not like you would think. It's just a chain link fence. But now, so on base, there's hogs, gators, there's everything running around there. But now, way back in there is the slave graveyard where they buried the slaves and where the slaves used to live. And they have clay pits back here where they used to mine the clay to make those bricks and everything. You can drive back here and look. I mean, it's overgrown now. It ain't just clay. You know, it's... Yeah leaves and grass and weeds but these big pits down the ground where they would mine that clay out slaves would mine that clay out and make those bricks man i can get you within about 10 miles from here to an old slave pit in the in the something national forest it's where they used to like coming up from charleston it was a pit where they put them down in like overnight you know we ain't condoning all this we're just oh yeah yeah It, it, it happened but yeah, it's like right there. There's an area called the Brick House right down the road, and it used to be an old plantation house. And it's right at least there, fifteen foot deep now, and it's yeah. probably got eight or ten. Man, it's like, like ten foot filled in with leaves and shit. In the in the ground, that's when it gets up about ground level. Everything from there down is just is slick. It is slick, slick. If you get in, you're not getting out without help. And at it's all, like, it's like rock wall. It's like rock wall. It's rock up. up. It's like up. mortar and rock. Yeah, this rock wall pit, but it's the name of the road that it's on, Slave Pit Road. Well, that's, that's what we pretty, call it. Well, that's what we call it anyway. That's that's what it is. Is it yeah. on the garden like that? Yeah, no, that's on a sign like that. Good when you pull onto it, it's called Slave Pit Road. I I ain't paid that no. Yeah, there's a sign. I go down there all the time, and I've never paid that sign got, any attention. It's got a little sign. On it. See, on base you can deer hunt, you know, and they have a certain days you can dog hunt for deer, and then certain days you just deer hunt out of a stand you know but now you gotta check it's a pain in the ass i don't i never did it because you gotta check in go to the stand that you pick if nobody else ain't picked it and then when you leave you gotta go check back out because yeah. they have people responsible for you and if you don't they'll be looking for you all not pissed off but <laughs> uh it's the same thing back there it, like the slaves were housed back there there's a graveyard back there where the slaves are buried. What I'd like to do if it wasn't government property is take a couple of metal detectors back there and just see what you could find that they might have left behind, you know, little pieces of history. You could probably just tell them you wanted to go back there. <laughs> yeah. Check around a little bit. Well, hey, it's not far from there. The EOD detonates bombs and shit, so they're pretty active <laughs> in that area. So. 
man, on that, uh, one of the guys on our cast last night, we was kind of introducing ourselves right there as we got drawn out and he was like, Oh yeah, I know who you are. You do that podcast. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know who I am. We ended up talking, you know, he was pretty cool. He he was our judge really. And after it was over with his dog was looking at the Garmin cause it, most people you will run a Garmin. It's like a GPS collar, the handheld. It's going to tell you what a dog is. He's wherever the dog is like on a topo map or bird's eye view map, whatever. And, um, after the hunt was over with, I was having to get my dog up and he was having to go find his dog and he was showing me where it was at on his garment. And I was like, man, just drive down through here and go down this road right here. I was like, I've never been down it cause people live on it, but I can just go down there and see because his dog was like right on Duncan Creek. And he ended up having to go all the way around the town that I'm from Whitmire. He ended up having to go all the way around through there and coming in and, Cause Duncan Creek was so flooded right now from all the rain we've been getting lately. And, um, he called me, he was like, dude, he said, this road that I came down, it dead ends right into a graveyard. And I'm like, what for real? I was <laughs> like, I said, you ain't scared. Are you? And he was like, I'm not hollering for my dog in this graveyard. He said, unless you want a store for your podcast, he said, I'd suggest when you get your dog, you can come over here and help me holler. He's like, but I'm not about to start hollering in this graveyard by myself. You should have said, heck <laughs> yeah. You're going to start hollering right now. We're getting that story for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tried to, man. I, I, I got my dog real quick. I got her and I hauled butt over there. I actually rode over there to check that graveyard out. I was like, I got to see it. And it does. That road, it goes down through the woods and it dead ends. Like They're scattered out through the trees and it dead ends. There's like headstones everywhere right there. And I was like, man. I've lived here all my life and I never knew this graveyard was here. And I love old graveyards. I love yeah. old graveyards. Yeah, dude, I, that's something. Graveyards have never freaked me out. Growing up as a kid, we would go up on a mountain every Easter for my my dad's mom, her side of the family. And they'd get out all, all the banjos and mandolins and be picking music. Well, while we're down there listening to them, the adults would go up on the hill in the graveyard and hide all the eggs for us kids to go find. We'd be running around the graveyard hunting Easter eggs. So that's <laughs> the, that kind of shit's never bothered me. But Yeah, it's to me, it's never – maybe I'm just weird like that. I don't know. Graveyards, are you weird for sure. You weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Everybody I mean, has to be a little bit weird or the world would be real boring. Yeah. Dude, I'll that. tell you, I mean, I've never told anybody, our audience, this. And now I'm, I guess I'm going to tell y'all in the whole, all y'all's audience. Man, um, when I was eight, I was in a car wreck. My mom, it was me and my brother, my mom, we were going down I-26 toward Orangeburg. And um, before you get into Orangeburg, there's a rest area. And right before that, there was a place called National Welders. And um just so happened i say this was in 88 i was eight years old my brother would have been five this guy at national welders released the gas by accident that should have instantly dissipated in the air but since it was overcast and rainy it set over the interstate like a white cloud and i was asleep and i remember my mom waking me up and everything was extremely like a cloud nothing but a cloud it was thickest white you would ever want to try to look through and <clears throat> 
my mom kept asking me, can I get over? Can I get over? And I look and the best I could see, I thought I could remember vaguely seeing vehicles all beside us. And it should have been the, the emergency lane. There shouldn't have been any vehicles there, but I, I swear to this day, I seen vehicles lined up. The next thing I know, there was like a boom. There was a bam. It, we got hit by 18 wheeler, then another 18 wheeler. And on that third bam, my, I got knocked out. So, my mom, she got jacked up really, really bad. Um, my brother, he got killed. He died instantly. So, um, but when, when I came to everything, the glass, the glass was shattered. The windshield was like puzzle pieces, blood all over it. My side was completely empty and I just started hollering for help. And there was a black guy come running across the interstate. I made eye contact with him. He come and pulled me out of, uh, out of the car and um i had to keep my wits about me as eight years old at an eight year old and i had to give them my dad's phone number which we didn't have cell phones back then my mom and dad were separated at the time and i had his phone number memorized and he worked for mac truck but i had to give them all that information and stuff like that but um i don't know here recently i just kind of have that nagging feeling that when I, you ever, it's hard for, when I, I've heard people talk about it, having like a memory come back from out of nowhere, just years later. And I, I've kind of had a few, one or two of those here recently. Like I can remember rushing back toward that white cloud and waking up like from being knocked out. It's like, I can just remember. And then I had, I have this distinct, brief memory of like knowing that I wasn't in my body and that's all I can remember. That's it. And, um, I'll be honest, man. I, I believe I've seen my guardian angel. I believe that black guy was my, like some type of guardian angel because I think I've actually seen him one time before years later. And in a time of, since we've been doing this podcast really, and we've, we just started in January and, um, we had a guy talking about guardian angels and stuff in one of them. And I was like, God, have I ever seen my guardian angel? And I had an event happen in Greenville, downtown Greenville, South Carolina was eating. And I come out of this restaurant and I locked eyes with this, this guy, this black guy on the opposite side of this downtown Greenville's pretty busy. There's a lot of people that will walk up and down those roads and go shopping and all that stuff. And, I locked eyes on this black guy and man, this thought came in my head is he's going to come up to you and ask for money, give him food. I'm like, no way. So my wife and I, we coming out and I got this plate of food left over and I'm walking and this guy comes up to me directly. I'm talking about he crosses the road and comes straight to me and asks for money. And I'm like, uh, I don't have money, dude, but I got this plate of food right here. I'll be happy to let you have. And he was like wearing camo and stuff. And, this was probably 10 years ago. I gave him that food and uh, Ryan and I, we were going to a meeting at the Coon Club. I think it was. And I was going down the road and I've been thinking over this for like two or three days. And I'm like, God, if, if there's a guardian angel, let me see. And both of those events with that black guy when I was a kid and that guy in Greenville, both of them interlocked like I was looking at it and two movies on top of each other where he came across the road, locked eyes with me and came directly to me. 
And it was like, I almost felt like God was telling me, you've seen him twice now. I don't know if that's just me being woo-woo, weird like that, but that's just, that's my gut feeling. I feel like I may have seen, if there's a such thing as a guardian angel, I seen it twice. So, you know. Wow. That's, 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 I mean, not trying to cut you off there or anything, but that's an, that's awesome. Listen, well, I, I mean the the accident, you know, that's I hate to hear about that. Yeah. That's 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 tragic, you know. That's that's terrible. I but, think that's kind of led to my where I've never death has never bothered me none in my life. Like I've always felt like if it's my time to go, I've been blessed with more years than my brother had and people I went to school with and it's yeah. death has never bothered me. That's a really healthy outlook because that's not my outlook. Don't you take me yet, Jesus. I got shit to do. That's (laughs) (laughs) I've always, my prayer, honestly, every day when I pray, what I say to the good Lord is let me at least meet my grandkids. That's all I say. You know, I don't, and if, if I can't, that's fine, but let me at least meet my grandkids. That's what I always pray. So uh, right beside his store is like a shop. They got a lift, lift vehicles up in there. Had his son's Jeep lifted up in there, up underneath it, working on it. This was Monday. And I was like, dude, you need to put them jack stands underneath it. Because I'd have been about killed by a damn lawnmower before like this without a jack stand underneath it. That's something to you. He's like, nah, it's okay, because I'm, I'm fine with it if it does. And I was like, well, damn. <laughs> He was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. I said, well, can I have your dogs? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's in my wheel. I get buried with me, you bastard. No, he said, I can have them. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, whatever. You know, I said, talk to my son, whatever. Y'all work it out amongst yourselves, but I could care less. Anyway, that's just kind of me and a. I just have a weird, I guess I have a different outlook on stuff because I, you never know what somebody else can really understand what they've been through unless you've been through like certain circumstances. You can't put yourself in the same mindset of certain person a lot of times until you experience those same type of things. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes, that makes right. perfect sense. It really does. So I got to ask because I don't listen to podcasts. Have y'all ever had any crazy shit happen to y'all? You listened to his story. You, I mean, I've listened to some of them. No, I you, can't remember him. Yeah, he had to like that. You remember? <laughs> you Greg heard his story, Shadow Man. Oh, you oh. wanted to ask him because he said he blacked out, and you were like, well, "What the hell happened to him? They don't remember getting to the bottom of the mountain." Like, do you not remember? Like, he's like, did his wife just pick him up and put him in the car or something? Hey, we gotta go back through that, man. Like, no, I can, I can tell you whenever it happened. I don't know if it was just because of what was going on and then just, just raw primitive, you know, as a, as a dad and, and you see this thing kind of hovering over you, your baby. I remember this shit now. Yeah, I do. I know exactly what we're talking about now. I, I don't, I don't know I if, yeah, yeah. I got pot <laughs> <laughs> you got CRS that can't remember shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right my my ryan don't remember half the stuff we talk about on this podcast either 
Honestly, he'll he'll talk about something. Honestly, uh, Lance actually has been talking about something forever. And I heard these other guys talking about it the other day. And I went to Justin. I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. It's like, you know, Lance has mentioned that for like, I don't know, a year now. I'm like, don't remember. <laughs> like, never, don't recall. Never heard but, of it. Never what heard is it? Terraria. Ter- uh, Tartaria. Tartaria. I want to say Terraria, but that's a video game Ashton plays. The Terrarium is where your lizards stay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Dude, I can can go down any of them rabbit trails I want. I love talking about this stuff. Nephilims, Tartaria. Oh, I love all that stuff. And I try to take a biblical worldview about it because I hear a lot of stuff on like, like I hear a lot of stuff on Sam Tripoli's and I'm like, I'm wanting to debate these people. If they're coming like... They come at Jesus in all kind of different angles, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not the best Christian in, in by any means in the world, but I do believe the Bible, and I do, and I I feel like it's, they never take Jesus from a biblical aspect of who Jesus is with Sam Tripoli. Even though I love the show, I love the topics, I love it, but they very rarely have somebody on there who has a true biblical perspective in their mindset. Well, I think that's with a lot of things. And me and you are cut from the same cloth, Daniel. Every one of these podcasts that you've mentioned, I'm a a big-time fan of and listener of, you know, a lot of stuff. But I think that's that's kind of the thing with almost everything, right? I mean, you look at it from, uh, you know, the occult side of things or the ancient alien side of things or the evolutionist side of things or – you know, the modern science side of things, even even so much as um, like Graham Hancock's new ancient apocalypse series on Netflix. You know, there's a lot of things like you start talking about these ancient civilizations like Graham does. You start talking about these these pre-Diluvian and post-Diluvian cultures and you talk about. You know, all these cultures having this great flood myth, and then directly afterwards, you have this sage that walks into the place and and brings this knowledge and all all this different stuff. And it's like you get right there, you get right there to the point where, well, yeah, it tells us in the Bible that fallen angels came and you know they interacted with man. You know, Genesis six tells us that they took the daughters of man as their wives and taught them and. A lot of other the sons of God came into the daughters of man. Yeah. So that tells me two different species of things interact with each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's why the wouldn't thing. they say the sons of man and the daughters of man, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but you, you you look at the whole Genesis six thing. It it does tell us a lot that you know we did have fallen angels come and share at least you know what whatever side you look at because there are a lot of opposing viewpoints uh, just about genesis 6 i mean there really is there's a lot of different viewpoints on a, a lot of different things but you look at all these different people and, and like you you know it's it's you just want to scream it sometimes like look it's there there's biblical basis for that like it explains it right here that you know, we can explain away a lot of these different things and you have these really top notch, super intelligent people that are putting in all this work, you know, as far as these, these ancient monoliths and, and these structures and 
all these people and how did we have just this great jump in technology and intellect and all this different stuff? Well, the Bible tells us it's just that, do you want to believe that? You know I mean? It, it's one of those, it's, it's a faith-based thing. Just like you were talking about not being afraid to die. You know, yeah, of course, you know, you obviously went through your own personal experiences that, that you're grateful for the time that you've had on this earth. But at the same time, I feel like being concrete and solid in your faith. That's how you feel. Anyway, if you believe the Bible, if you believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that there's a the place waiting for us that there is when we do, you know, take our last breath here. Yeah. I mean, there's things that I'm, I'm going to hate to miss if my time comes tomorrow you know, I'd love to see my kids grow up. I'd love to share these memories with them. I'd love to do all this different stuff, but I know where I'm going to be. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't want I'm, it. To- I'm, I'm still hoping purgatory exists. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, if it exists, I'll see you there, buddy. And, and, no, I- <laughs> Man, ancient aliens, they played a part in it. They played a part in a, in a lot of my, when I was questioning things about the pyramids and stuff like that, that ancient aliens kind of was getting in my head a little bit and making me, but it was ancient aliens that also brought me to a realization because they was talking about this ancient God of Dagon where they had found statues of Dagon all the way down into parts of Africa that they didn't know that that deity had extended into. Yep. And when I heard that, I remembered where have I heard Dagon before? I went straight to the old Testament and I knew where I had heard Dagon before because well, I don't remember which, if he was a Philistine deity or which one of that, I would have to go back and search real quick, but he was a deity and they had captured the Ark of the covenant and they brought the Ark of the covenant in the same place where the statue of Dagon was. And in the next morning when the priest came in, Dagon was laying down in front of the statue. I mean, in front of the Ark of the covenant, they set it back up. The next day they came in, Dagon was the statue of Dagon was laying down in front of the Ark of the covenant with his head chopped off. That's when I knew these deities that they were worshiped are not ancient aliens that's when i knew i was like nope and that's kind of when i went down to michael dr mike heiser i love everything he's ever written i'm like right there i agree 100 percent. and then with the whole gary wayne stuff i'm like all this stuff is making sense and i don't think you can unless you put genesis 3 with the 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 seed the um pretty much the seed wars because God declares us that one seed will have warfare with the other seed, the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And that the, that the seed of the serpent would crush his heel, but the seed of the woman would crush his head. Yep. And so you go all the way back to Genesis three and you get this seed war. And then you have Genesis six where there, this seed actually comes into manifestation and through these Nephilim. Well, yeah, the Nephilim, and then you see it again after the flood. And and so everything started clicking in my head. It's like it all started making sense with the ancient civilizations, the giants. The I started it, it 
I didn't put the Bible in. I never really questioned it. I just felt like it omitted it. But then I started realizing it's right there. And you start reading the Bible completely different after that. Yeah. And, but you know, like, like Dustin and I, we hold different opinions about like, uh, I hold to that there are elemental spirits and that Paul, when he said the elemental spirits, he actually meant elemental spirits, not like the foundational basic things, uh, you know, and, uh, I don't know about Ryan, Ryan, he just goes along for the ride and yeah. <laughs> you're about like me when i get to talking about this stuff ryan i just try to keep up buddy yeah <laughs> I, i've done I, i've li- i've i've researched some of it now the elemental spirits i can tell you a little bit about because of a book i read there's red green blue and yellow red be the salamanders the blue of the water uh of course red's fire green was the dwarfs i want to say or the Little El- the Keeblers, and then uh, the yellow was something else. But I don't know, man. I, I, I would have to see that stuff. Like, here's my thing. I put it like this: with, with Jesus, when they were in the boat, and the wind and the waves was about to overtake the boat, and they come woke Jesus up, and they said, "Jesus, you know," and he goes out. And what did it say he did? It said he rebuked the wind. So therefore, I know that the wind is not sent by God, the Father. It's not an act of God, quote unquote, because Jesus will never rebuke the Father. So therefore, he's rebuking the wind and he spoke to the waves and said, peace be still. So he spoke to the wind and he spoke to the water. And as soon as they get to the other place where they're going to, he comes in contact with the guy who has the full of demons named Legion and those demons get cast into the pig. So in all aspects of that journey, getting across that lake from point A to point B, he encountered something that was, I feel like was elemental spirits of the wind and the water, that storm that was trying to overtake them from getting to that place because Jesus, he wanted to follow Jesus. He tells Jesus, you know, he's wanting to follow him. And he, what is he, t- he told him, to go back to Decapolis and you tell said Jesus wanted to follow no, Jesus. No, that, that, that guy wanted to follow Jesus. My bad. I got a little tongue tied. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I like Ralphie May over there. <laughs> and so, yeah. Well, the next time you get to Decapolis, they've already heard of Jesus, but you have nobody in mention of anybody else going to preach the gospel of Jesus but the man who he cast out the legion of demons out of into the pigs. So I can't say that he was the evangelist that went out and into Decapolis and proclaimed Jesus, but that's the only one that you're going to see where was proclaimed. I'm pretty sure other people, travelers had heard the name by then and stuff, but um, I, I just look at that a little different and I'm like, he was, that was not a regular storm that was trying that they encountered you, you see what i'm saying so I'm yeah, like, they, yeah i think that's a, a super interesting take and i've actually never even thought about it uh, along those terms but you talking about you know him it the bible does state he rebukes the wind it, so i mean that's that's a really interesting take it makes me want to jump into it and, and start studying it again right now um 
there was something you hit on right there that I had a question. Dude, my brain is so foggy right now. This freaking well, if you can't think of it, I got a question. I was thinking about today because, uh, you know, we bringing up the Bible and then bringing up certain things when I was talking about, like, thou shall not kill. And, you know, and everybody's like, well, original translation is thou shall not murder. Because my I posed the question, Daniel, uh, it, uh, as Christians, should we be pro capital punishment or not? Oh, because it says thou shalt not kill. I really they, have mixed feelings about capital punishment. I, I that one is it's a touchy subject, man. Especially being in the South, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get you. You're just trying to get everybody mad at Daniel, like they're mad at us. No, they were just mad at me. We're hard around here. We'll kill them. <laughs> Hell, Texas has got an express lane. I, I'm I have mixed feelings about that, man. I'm I I'm kind of for it, and I'm kind of against it because your essence, in essence, you're putting somebody else's life in somebody else's hands. Now, you know, like how many people have been put to death that actually didn't do what they were put to death for? Okay, take that into account, or somebody caught in the midst of committing pedophilia, I'd say take them out right then and there. Yeah, I think there should be an island where we put serial killers on there and let them hunt those guys, personally. The government government has those islands. They don't have serial killers. They just (laughs) They don't hunt them. They just pay to go there. No, they no. <laughs> so, well, they, you got you got you got two different versions. Yeah, they pay to go there. Epstein Island here. They right? pay to That's... go there and hang out with them, and then you yeah. got other ones that they'll pay to hunt, like you know, missing people. It's it's a deep dive. Go on. But, but the point right. I was getting to is, you know, they'll say, well, it didn't say thou shall not kill. The original version was thou shall not murder. Okay, and then. The original version says this. The original version says it. Well, in Revelations, it says don't change a word, right? Yeah. So John, why John, are we reading the book we're reading if everything's changed? <laughs> it doesn't mean the same thing. I I, I know what you I, – dude, I agree, man. Some of the translations – you can get translated to Greek first, right? translations. Well, yeah, but it was from Hebrew to, to Latin, it, and Latin to Greek, and Greek to English, and that's the thing. It's it. I don't think it's so much that <clears throat> you know the Council of Nicaea, whatever thought you have on that, but I believe when God states in the Word that His Word will not be added to or taken away from, even if it comes in time, like say such as something with the Dead Sea Scrolls. And Lance, I'd like to get your opinion on this too. But even even eventually, like with, you know, the founding of the Dead Sea Scrolls, if that's stuff that, you know, no, it's not canon, but they were found for a reason. They were found for a purpose and they're legit. Like, you know, they're they're not just like, okay, somebody stashed this here. They're all fake. Now, the authorship, you can question all these different things you can question. But the problem is, it's just like, anything with languages if you're talking linguistics things are going to get lost in translation they just are let me interject this since you mentioned council of nicaea pretty much 99 percent of everything i've heard on other podcasts about the council of nicaea has been straight up fabricated a bunch of bull crap really <laughs> my honest opinion 
they never really take into account what really happened at Council of Nicaea. They say, oh, well, they they decided what was going to be in the Bible. They, they, you know, that's when they decided Jesus was God and this and that. And I'm like, that was a topic that was brought up because Gnosticism was being brought up. And I felt like the early church put Gnosticism to bed where it should have been at that time frame. And it was only brought up because of like one dude, and I can't remember his name, but he was teaching this Gnostic doctrine and and that's what led to the Council of Nicaea. What do these scriptures say? What do they say? And then, you know, they go into the authorship of what is canon and what's not and why it's canon and why it's not. And when you have like early church fathers who were disciples of a disciple of a disciple who attest to, yes, this was written by Matthew. Yes, this was written by John. Yes, this was written by Paul. You were only three people away from original authorship attesting to the original authorship. And so the book of Enoch and the apocryphal books, that's a different subject other than the books that we have. You know, if we had original text, original copies, and could attest to authorship of Enoch, yeah, maybe so. Do we know it was highly read? Yes, we do. Jude even quotes from it. And Jude so, and Peter. I, yeah, Jude and Peter. So I do hold it to a certain place of gaining knowledge from. But, you know, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And, and all no, that. no, 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 no. Like, the, whole, the whole what you hear about the Council of Nicaea on most other podcasts is not going to be anything remotely close to what the Council of Nicaea actually was. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and I look at that too, like, Again, the book of Enoch is something that there's so much controversy about and so many different people. And we've, <laughs> we'll have an episode coming up here about the middle of January. That's going to be fire about the book of Enoch. But, uh, and Joe, man, he's, uh, you know, uh, Joe Tom, he wasn't supposed to tell it yet. Oh, Gosh. Jesus Christ. What we've had him on here out? before. What if it don't work out? Now we're going to we're going well, to be like, up. sorry, I said Joe before, <laughs> but guess what? It didn't work out. <laughs> you never funny. knew what you even missed because it never happened. I'm truly sorry. Anywho, anywho, before we keep having church service, let's talk about coon hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan about felt, he dozed off twice. I can see it's I like did. church. Took the map. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I want to say something real quick before we move on. Something real quick. I want to finish it off here. You can look at it two different ways. Jude and Peter respected the book of Enoch and, and, and used it as enough to quote from it. Or you take a, a, a modern day church father. You know, think about somebody that's in the church right now that you look up to the most and line up your beliefs with the most. They're writing books, they're preaching sermons, they're doing all this and that, and say they uh, say they pull a movie quote and use it for a, a sermon illustration. It's not a lot different. I mean, they're just using media of the time to put here, and you could look at it two different ways. That's the thing with all of this, and that's that's why I love getting into these conversations because they're so open. They're so open. Now we can move on, Ryan. If you, you would like put to it move in my on. head of a pastor hey. standing up there, <laughs> like <laughs> quoting Tommy Boy or something. 
<laughs> and the Lord said, son of a, that's going to leave a mark. You don't think Tommy Boy's ever, if you don't think. <laughs> right about the time they nailed that first nail. That's If you don't think Tommy Boy's ever been used in a sermon illustration, I guarantee you're wrong. Hey, I see this. My daddy told me when he was younger, he had had dreams about being up in front of the, at the pulpit preaching. And he was like, nobody was getting saved. And he'd get mad. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah some bitches are going to hell. <laughs> he, said, he said he started cussing about his dreams. He was like, you miserable sons of bitches. Oh, y'all going to hell. <laughs> he had us rolling over here a couple weeks ago talking about that. It was so funny. <laughs> Well, Ryan, I want to know, Ryan, have you had any weird things go on? I mean, you do a lot of time hunting, spend Man. a lot of time in the woods. What kind of weird? I had something last year. <laughs> so me and my buddy was standing at the back of the truck listening to the, well, listening for the dog. And we were standing there, and I was looking up in the sky, and I seen what I thought was a star. And I was like, man, that star looks like it's getting brighter and brighter. And finally, it went out, and I was like, holy shit. And then it come back on, and I was like, I am fucking tripping. And it started getting brighter and brighter. So finally, I told my buddy, I was like, hey, cuz. I said, come over here and look at this shit so I know I ain't tripping. And he started laughing. <laughs> and he was like, oh, hell. So he got over there. I was like, you see that star right there? He's like, yeah. He's like, damn, it's bright. And I was like, but it's getting brighter, ain't it? He's like, yeah. I said, now watch this. I turn my coon light, shine my light on it, and it go out. Turn my light off, and then it was slowly get brighter it start coming back on and it get brighter and brighter but when i shined my light on it and it went out you could see whatever it was like it wasn't no star it wasn't that high up in the air he's got a he had a video of it he showed it to me you can see it flicker back on yeah and then it come back on and do that again we watched this shit for 10 15 minutes do this and i thought i seen it move one time and right there at the end, he was like, holy fucking shit, it just moved. It just moved. <laughs> we got to go. Yeah. Now, we walked on in there to the dog and come back. That's some, we that's, do have, we, that's some John, that's some John Keel Point Pleasant stuff there. That's what John Keel used to play with UFOs on the Point Pleasant Mount. He just shine lights at them. They play peekaboo back and forth. Yeah, it was weird, man. He that's was kind of a video and showed it, it to me. With me. I, I still have the video. That's hey, wild. You know, um, we have a story that we haven't even told on our podcast yet because we was going to get the other guy. that He lives right down the road from me. We was all, me and, oh, and yeah. Ryan and that other guy. Um, how long ago you say that's been? Hell, I, I probably. That's been a lot. It's been a lot. 15, 16 years old. You had that cur dog then. You had Jackson. Jackson was Oh, no, hell, I was probably 18 years old then. That's probably about 18. And so uh, there's this big. It's like a, it's a government road, but it's like a, um, it's a big field in it. They plant it every year and then it gets, this time of the year is nothing but grass. All the corn and stuff, they done, it's gone. They just plant stuff in there for wildlife. But there's just, it's a long field straight away. And we'll go out there and play with young dogs, you know, with a coon in a roll cage, try to get them interested and turn the cone loose and see if the dog wants to trail it and if the dog don't want to fool with it then you know we just we eat the dog but we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we relocate we just relocated another cone and dude we was sitting at we was back at the tailgate and uh man we looked down on the far end of this field and we're all like 
what is that? And there's this like a ball of light rising up and above you can, the tree line. Like. Yeah, but you can see it come like rise up and it got, it's like right at a tree line and it goes up in the air and, and it started, it, it just goes really fast and disappears. It's gone straight up though. It didn't like curve off to the side or nothing. It, it straight up. It was weird. The fella that was, Don't know what that was, was older. And he was like, what in the hell was that? <laughs> he was like, it's a fucking UFO. That's what that was. <laughs> like, I don't know what. But I didn't know what it was. It was weird. It was some type of orb or something because, uh, of course, it's hard to tell distance from, uh, you know, the size of what it actually was from a long distance away. But to me, it kind of looked like maybe softball size, something like that. And it didn't, it didn't illuminate the ground around it. It didn't omit light out from it. It just what, was a ball of light, like a brightish, like a yellowish color, like a like a yeah. bulb almost, by, by like the color of a like a street light, an old school, like an old school light, not the LED white light, but an older, like a, a yellowish orangey bulb like color. Hmm. It was weird. Uh, and then flashlights in the nineties. Yeah, one night we were. Uh, I actually had the same older guy with me. His name's Percy. Well, his real name's Keith, but we all call him Percy. No, his real name's Percy. <laughs> Nobody knows know. him by Keith. <laughs> it was uh, me and Percy and, and Ryan's cousin, Devin. We had been coon hunting. We was back at the truck. We was at the tailgate in probably six months or so, right in, in that area. Um, there's a rest area on I-26. At, not far from where we live. It's like right down the interstate because I live two miles from uh, I-26. Ryan lives like maybe a mile. Half mile by where the crow flies. Yeah, by if you used to like, go straight line. But um, we, there was a bad wreck on the interstate and the medevac left and actually ended up going down and crashing not long after it got up and it crashed over there in those woods. So we're down in there, we're hunting, we knocked the coon out. We had it on the tailgate. Devin goes over there and he like has, he had like a little puppy and he kind of like showed it the tail or something like that. And it was trying to nab at it and it starts drizzling. And then like Percy's parked in front of me and we're standing in between two trucks, just chit chatting, whatever. And all of a sudden, his passenger door comes flying open. His lights come on, and he leans forward. And he's like, what the hell? And I'm already reaching in my pocket to get my keys, and I went and got in my truck. And I was like, it's time to go, dude. And it was years, years before I went hunting down there again. It was years. You so know what? Now. I heard a story on a podcast. Justin, you've had to have heard this one. I can't remember who did it, but they were talking about maybe it was on Wes's podcast bigfoot or sasquatch chronicles but that guy was talking about those things that kept messing with his truck because he just bought that brand new truck and they kept like blowing the horn or setting off the alarm and all that and that, that guy was uh, mess with your truck that was that navajo guy that was talking about the little people yes. and how the little people would come and interact out of their when, when they were out of their home turf that they would be really mischievous and, and like play pranks and do all this different stuff. But when you were in their home turf, like they were really uniform and like 
you know, not playing a whole lot of tricks. They expected you to do. But so that's one thing that would happen to him. Like, uh, he would go to this house all the time. And these little people, they were actually small enough to where they could like jump into the, like the engine harnesses and stuff in the truck and pull wires and mess with junk. And like the first couple of times it was happening, he was freaking out about it, not knowing what was going on. Well, whoever he was visiting was this, I can't remember if it was an older man or woman. It's a man. What was this on? I want to listen to this. I'm pretty sure it was an episode of Sasquatch Chronicles. I'll try to find it and send it your way. Um, but it was pretty interesting. This guy that was on there, he had all kinds of stories, but this is just one of them. Uh, but yeah, it was just like the person that was there at the home, this elderly person was just like, ah, don't pay them no mind. That's just the little people. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna hurt nothing too bad. You know, they'll just, they'll mingle with it and, and be on their way. So it's, it's, it's weird stuff, man. He was talking, he said they're mostly curious or something like that. Yeah. They don't mean no harm or nothing like, or they're just mischievous. I can't remember what it was. And didn't didn't Snake have some stuff happen in his truck too? We had him on a couple months ago. Kind of, I don't think it was little people, but it was kind of a very similar situation in which they were out essentially looking for ghosts, <laughs> and they found one as, as they're away from their truck. Uh, came in, was flipping the lights on, and and doing some stuff too. I think he told us a couple months back as well. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Which yeah, we have already went over. I can't remember nothing. So. That's the first thing popped yeah. in my head. The the whole little people thing it kind of fascinates me. But I have I have a I don't want to fan any little people out there, but I have a phobia <laughs> of midgets and clowns. So if you are a small person and you ever see Daniel, I'll give you twenty dollars to bite him on the leg. Man, we, no, just hump it. No, <laughs> Let no, him start humping his leg. Yeah. That would be a very bad mistake for him because I promise you, I will punt that mug like a damn football. Dude, one what, of the- you got to listen to that comedian. What's that comedian's name? Oh, man. Is he, he a little person? He's a little person. He's a midget. And John Stamos is terrified from Full House. Uncle Jesse is terrified of little people, has a phobia. Bob Saget knew this and went to that comedian's dressing room and said, John Stamos is terrified of little people. And that that comedian said, I know what I must do, Bob, and saluted him and ran down the hall to John Stamos's dressing room, run in and just started humping his leg. (laughs) (laughs) Cornered him up. Don't don't ever put nobody over tight shoes, (laughs) brother. You know, yeah, what's funny is Justin and I were just talking about this today and I was making a joke. What did we, what were we talking about little people? And I said, damn it, Jesus, why'd you make them so sexy? <laughs> 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 it's weird. <laughs> little brick shit houses. Look <laughs> yeah. how they built. <laughs> yeah. Man, it was like one time there was this guy. He was like a little a midget. And he was coming to the church and he was trying to hit up on my sister in law. She was single at the time, and uh, I just kept my distance away from him. I, I really did. His name was Ray. And there was one day I was going. We were going like down. There was like this downstairs social hall part of it, and I was coming from the front part of the church, and I was getting ready to make that turn right there at the steps, and he was coming up it and. 
what does he do but stick them little digits out to want to shake my hand and i'm like all i can do to hold it together and i'm like jesus 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 help me jesus i shook his hand and and uh, we went on it but yeah there's the little people they fascinate me but at the same time i don't know how i would react it would just <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't know i want what's y'all's take on like bigfoot and, and we the other other cryptids but Mainly Bigfoot. I, I'm pretty sure I've heard y'all say it. I just don't remember. My dad, well, Bigfoot's our homie. Uh, For sure. My dad actually seen him when he was a teenager. He come on the show and talked about it. It's the first time he ever told the story. I never heard it. And I'm 39. So I've never heard this story in my life. And he finally told it. <clears throat> but he was hunting with his dad when he's a teenager and he's seen it. Nothing big, nothing real close. You know, he just watched it and it walked away a certain way and he could just see little details of it and he didn't move. <laughs> Be very, very still. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so many there's so many aspects on that. I'm I'm kinda like it certain days of the week I'm I'm thinking certain things. That's on, that's I the same that's the same way I am. My mind changes every single day about what Bigfoot is, where it, I mean, there, there's so many different, like I'll hear a couple stories and I'm like, yeah, this dude, he's just flesh and blood. Like, you know, he, he's something biological. I, I don't know exactly what, but then I'll hear other things and other stories. And I'm like, ah, I just don't know, man. There's something woo woo about, about him. There's something going on. And then I'm other times, to- the other times I'm like, ah, this dude's straight Nephilim. He's just, he survived. He's, he's straight <laughs> Nephilim bloodline. Something's going on here. I, I don't know. I, me either. Me either. That's it. Blows my mind. I do think that there are certain ones. And, and to, to even say that, it make you sound crazy because, you know, you got some that look different than others and, I'm wondering if there's not a, some of them that do have a third strand of DNA. Maybe, Maybe there's some that do and some that don't. That I I really don't know. I could some of them be even like government creations. Could some of those be? Could some of the cryptids be something like that? Well, there's so I don't know. I know there's stuff out there, but I can't. I try so hard and I still can't put my finger on one exact thing. We should write Trump a letter. Man, <laughs> ask him. <laughs> of course we have Bigfoots. America has the best Bigfoots. They're they're huge. They're, they're huge. They're we huge. Have the, we have the hugest Bigfoots in all the world. They're way huger than in China. Yeti China has these Yeti China. wouldn't stand a chance. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Don't interrupt me, please. They're huge in China, but they're the hugest. That's fake news. That's America. fake news. I was there the first meeting, the first Bigfoot meeting. I was there. I said, yeah, let's go forward with the Bigfoot. What do you My great grandfather was actually airport? one of the Nephilim. <laughs> Probably. That's probably true. That's probably he has Nepple. to be. That's probably nobody Nepple goes through life line. with that kind of hair and orange and then wins the presidency. <laughs> Gosh, man. We've got yeah. now I'm I'm not a liberal, just so y'all know. That's uh Trump, he's not my favorite president either, though. But, <laughs> but 
Nate that, uh, my favorite. I'm no. with you there, man. I'm with you. I don't talk politics a whole lot on our show, but thank God. I, I, <laughs> dude, man, I, and, and I'll tell you what's hard is when I see the, the, the right wing church, how close church has become and it's political. And it, it, it is. It is. And you have people from a pulpit on a major stage who talk stuff and it's so it's it's preaching a message that's like I'll be honest with you, man, as a Christian, I even have a hard time saying a pledge to the allegiance. That's my opinion. I have a hard time pledging because I feel like how many times can you pledge your allegiance allegiance to? Can I can you pledge your allegiance to a nation where Paul says that we are a new, I'm pretty sure it was Paul. You know, we're a new nation created in Christ Jesus. And that's not word for word, how that scripture goes. That's paraphrased. But at the same time, I have, I'm like, it's hard for me to pledge, put my hand on my heart and pledge allegiance to the flag. If you pledge your allegiance, that's to the good or the bad, no matter what you've pledged your allegiance to the crown. And that's hard for me to do. I'll say, you know, I'll do Star Spangled Banner, all that good stuff. But pledging my allegiance is hard for me to do. I think I think with that, I believe it's one of those things that if you look at the entire context of the actual Pledge of Allegiance, you know, to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. I think if we're looking at the descriptive characteristics of that pledge, that's what makes me feel easier and more comfortable about it because I'm pledging that I'm going to be an upstanding citizen to show works through faith, to show love, to show compassion, to put my full force and effort behind the fact that Everybody deserves freedom. Everybody deserves to make their own decisions, you know, under the rule of law, obviously, the, the, yeah. the right kinds of laws. That, that's, that's where my, we'll say, patriotism comes from. And that it goes under the, the, the line of thought that, the words that are in that pledge, the words that are in the constitution, you know, that's what I'm, that's the people that I'm speaking for. And it's not just the people that think like me and believe like me and, and all these different things, you know, you believe how you want to believe you think how you want to think you live, how you want to live. If, if, if you're not hurting anybody or diddling kids, you know what? If you're a grown consenting adult. You do you, you know, I mean, be, be whoever you want to be, yeah. but yeah. Don't when that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when you start negatively influencing or hurting people around you, especially kids, then again, that's my job to step up and to say, Well, yeah, you're allowed to have your freedom, but now you're impacting my freedom. We got a problem. We're going to kill exactly. You. Just remember, there are no chicks with dicks, just dudes with boobs. <laughs> 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 that's a good one that's a good uh, way of thinking of it 
Yeah, but you know that under God wasn't even added until what nineteen fifty. Ah, that I don't know. I have no idea about. That. I want to say I'm fifty sure. or fifty three or something like that. Well, I mean, I, and that's just talking, you know, the specific language and verbiage of the pledge. Now, well, I'm so I was just going back to his point. It yeah. wasn't <laughs> under God. It was a pledge of allegiance to this nation to keep the redcoats out. Sorry to our British fans. I don't mean to call you redcoats. That's just. But we did kick your butt. And Justin, that's uncalled for. And <laughs> you can look at it as a draw if you want to. But we kicked your butt in soccer the other day, too. We officially get to call it soccer worldwide, or at least in Europe. Yeah. So take your little football and shove it. <laughs> <laughs> football. There's only one football. That's it's right. oval. Yeah. It's shaped like a real football. America. <laughs> All right, boys. We've been at it uh, for almost two hours now. <laughs> I still have so many questions. You guys cool with hanging out afterwards to answer more questions? <laughs> what kind of questions yeah. you got? You got coming out quick? <laughs> are y'all going? Are y'all need to go? No, nah, no, nah, we good. Okay. Justin, nah. do your thing, man. You ready for me to do my thing? Well, we can let them promote your stuff again. Well, that's exactly what we're getting ready to do. Before we jump off here. Well, hey, let's do that then. Let's do it. I'm glad go you ahead. let I'm glad you gave me the go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead, Justin. What's holding you up? Lance, will you please say something before we get off here? Say a word. Was I, I have just been enjoying this so much. And I didn't want to interject any of my conversations. I had a couple of things I wanted to throw in, but the conversation moved on so smoothly I didn't want to stop anything. <laughs> I was actually going he wanted you to chime in on something and I was I forgot what it was now, but I was kind of interested in hearing totally. your opinion. It, 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 this has been I such a great, great conversation. It's, it's just moved it right along. It was before I chimed in about the Council of Nicaea. But yeah, I don't even want to hear your opinion anymore. I wanted to hear it then. I don't want to hear it now. Me and Daniel figured it out. I can't even right. remember what it was about. I don't either. I, I don't feel either. like I feel like if Dust was here, like this is no joke right now. And it, and it's the, the dynamic is weird. Me and Daniel could sit down and talk weird conspiracy and, and geopolitics and uh, Genesis six for days. Ryan and Ryan one and Ryan two here, they could sit down and it would be like the world's greatest comedy hour for days i have a feeling their lance is in new orleans right now that's I, i've got yeah, that feeling. Lance, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's it's weird just, it played out like that when did y'all start y'all started in january too or also nah, no we started november of last year the end of oh, november okay. almost the first of december. Of well I, actually this is this marks our one year episode really this is we're celebrating one year. We dropped our first episode on November the 29th. So well, it's shit. December. Congratulations, fellas. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. We're coming up. We'll be a year in January. Yeah, January, I think. Shit, we're gonna something. throw it down. We're gonna do something special. I don't know. Probably not. All I can do mushrooms. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I've done it twice on here now. It's not hard. I'm not no, going to lie. I, to I tell you, I, I tell you, I have really, really thought, contemplated. I want, I want to make a decision for myself because I'll be honest. 
all my life growing up, I heard people say, you know, I, all I heard was the church's perspective on weed or marijuana. We'll be politically, we'll say marijuana. Okay. I listen to their opinion about pot. And I'm like, when I first tried it, my very first instinct was I have been lied to my whole entire life was my first thought. <laughs> and I was like, hit that shit again. He <laughs> <laughs> was, man. Dude, I'll be honest, man. I hope nobody from my job listens to this, but we're past. They can't test me for this now. It was in 2009. Me and my wife was split up. And this guy I was working with. He was, well, he worked with us. And he said, man, he said, weed is the best nerve pill on the planet. So what do I do is I call him up because he's like 18, something like that. And I already knew he had been doing it for years because I had been smelling him, but I'd never do it. And I was 29 <laughs> the first time I ever consumed cannabis and i thought you know what i've been lied to my whole life yeah, that's I think great you weak in a lot of if you don't watch yourself you can definitely open your mind up to some weird stuff and can and consider it but uh no, I, no I don't i'm never gonna tell anybody that it's gonna send them to hell by no means am i ever because i don't feel that way well here's the way i put it i'll do my drugs as you call them, my weed and mushrooms, the natural shit, and you do your drugs <laughs> made by man and pharmaceutical companies that have one of the drugs out there has a side effect of unusual femur fractures. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That like, that's unusual. A, Normally, my femur is fractured like this. <laughs> my ass hurts. <laughs> the mushrooms I, I've, I've been considering trying it because uh I, it does not i, I want to see do for myself man, not just because somebody the woods at night by itself i don't want to no, go, don't go don't i want to do, do i really want to do uh um a hero dose whatever however many grams that is and i want a hero's I, journey i want to take my bible and i want to take my note a notepad and a pen and i want to go sit out in the woods in the daytime and just reflect you're probably and gonna swim and shit like that and leave i want to know i want to know what's it like i don't know i have no idea i've never done them i've never done mushrooms but if i do it i'm like what you doing in the morning i want <laughs> i want to do it like I, I, I want an experience i'm not going to do like dmt and i'm not going to be doing mushrooms in the morning <laughs> <laughs> my cousin at work today was telling me this boy he used to work with done some ketamine or some shit like that oh, oh. He had an out-of-body experience that he was sitting on the couch and he had to piss real bad. And he got up to go piss and he turned around and looked and he was still sitting on the couch. My cousin said, dude, what'd you do? He said, I went and sit the fuck back down. <laughs> <laughs> Sat my ass back down in my body. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, man. man, that is good. That's good stuff. All right, boys. It's been a pleasure having you. You guys push your podcast. Tell the Hill folk out there where they can find you, what to expect from you, anything you want to push before we jump off of this recording. Y'all push it. Now is your time. Hey, man. Uh, you can find us on all platforms. If they search Houndstooth Podcasting Network, um, they're going to find Coon Hunting Confidentials. And uh, the reason it's kind of named like that is because once you get into it, you realize the different RSS feeds and you the money that goes into different RSS feeds. 
And so maybe long term, I would like to have somebody maybe have like a, a squirrel hunting show on there one, you know, certain times and you know, just different hound hunting because the, the name of my store is Hounds Tooth Outdoors here in Joanna. And so we just, since this is where we're sitting at right now recording just Hounds Tooth Podcasting Network because just like I said, but our show is Coon Hunting Confidentials and those are the only ones on there right now. And we just look for coon hunting stories that are weird, unexplainable, creepy, crazy, whatever. And then uh, Ryan, Dustin, and myself, we do a lot of jawing back and forth and cutting up, having fun, being funny. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I have to edit out. I I go through and edit it out. That's why we do an episode every other week. Um, this one, I don't have to do a whole lot of editing, but there's some stuff ADD over here will start dropping and have to get edited out of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again. He got, mad, he, got, he got mad at me because I didn't edit one thing out and I I still hadn't lived that down and hell, that was six months ago. <laughs> it had to do with monkey pox and school <laughs> monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to find that episode so I can hear that. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember which point it was. But man, I try to be this is my my thing is I think a podcast should be entertaining and I try to keep it entertaining just like y'all do. It's not just so much informative, especially on like the dog hunting end. You can get into there's a bunch of different ones, but then most of them is dog training tips or other people talking about their stud dogs and stuff like that. And nobody's really taking it from the angle that, you know, we're taking it from and looking for that stuff and just put the word out there in the audience. If anybody that, you know, from Appalachian intelligence audience is a coon hunter or know of anybody that has crazy coon hunting stuff, they can check out the podcast and the email info is on there to get in touch with me and, it's on all the platforms except for Pandora. For some reason, I've had the hardest time trying to get set up with Pandora. And at this point, I really don't care. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I got to say, boys, again, you know, like I said, Ryan here, he's your number one fan without a shadow, beyond a shadow of a doubt. He's your number one fan. Um, and like I said, I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it. What you guys have, it's it's totally original. I mean, it's something that nobody else is doing. It's a, a, a place that, you know, it's just different and different works. You know, you guys aren't. I mean, obviously, we have those those creators out there that that we kind of look to as as role models. And you kind of want to structure yourself based on how they do their own thing and all this and that. But. You know, at the end of the day, what you guys are doing, it's original, it's 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 raw, it's crisp, and it's you know, there's a whole lot of comedy in it. I, <laughs> I laughed so hard today over uh Mr. Johnny. No, talking about it, his, well, yeah, I did laugh about that. Talking about his teeth was knocked out, his wife was a big old lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was laughing my butt off of that, but I laughed even harder over uh ad sponsor that they were doing which congratulations <laughs> by the way yeah. over a lot and he he asked ryan here he said ryan tell him how how good this light is how bright this light is ryan says well, rumor has it 
that uh, some people can see stuff all the way back in the 1800s with this thing. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen shit from the 1800s with it. That's what the boy said. He said he's seen some Civil War shit. I was like, damn. Man, <laughs> when we recorded that, it was like off, off the, on the fly. It was just like, man, we need to record some type of uh, like a, a ad that we can plug in because we was just like plugging it in in the conversation. I was like, we got to record something. And we had already finished recording and we come back and sat down and was just like, let's go with it. And yeah. like three minutes, we had two ads recorded. And I was like, let's go. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. But no, what you guys have is original. It's great. I enjoy it. I hope we he'll follow it. Man. Yeah, he'll follow. Guys, go check it out. Go check out Coon Hunting Confidential, Hound Tooth Podcasting Network. Go, love, go show these show. absolutely go show these boys some love. I mean, flock, flock to them. We Those love five star ratings. We yeah. we read our five stars out too, and we got the idea. I got the idea from Appalachian Intelligence. Hey, <laughs> I heard y'all doing it, man. I was like, that's a good idea. I need to copy that. Good. We I got it from somebody else, didn't we? Uh. I don't know, did we? Was it? It was Stephen oh, Kyle, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah we Stephen did Kyle. get We did steal that from Hollis Guy. We sure did. I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's start Let's start doing that. But that's the thing. I mean, it's little little things right, like that. one-star review, too. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> that guy won't leave them alone. They're the best. Yeah, I heard that. Like, uh, <laughs> He's constantly harassing them, like, every so many months. Yeah, but he's giving exactly. them reviews and he's giving them he's giving them like yeah. he's helping their algorithms even though he's giving them one star reviews he's still commenting <laughs> I'm like okay just keep leaving them dude yeah. nah, that's our motto love us hate us just talk about us <laughs> that's it alright Justin but no boys this is uh, for you hill folk out there if you want a Appalachian episode you got it here you got yeah. it here we talk coon hunting. We talk mandolin and banjo picking. We talk the Bible. We talk Christian morality. And we've sprinkled Bigfoot in there as well. So, yeah, I mean, if, I you're, talk about it. if you're about Appalachia, this was for you. This was for you. But, again, Daniel, Ryan, we appreciate you boys so much for coming on here, helping us celebrate our uh, one-year anniversary episode. Yay! We appreciate you having us on here. Absolutely, on the one year. Hold on, let me see if let me see if my soundboard will come through on yours. Yep. (laughs) Okay, now, now, now you're ready for it. Now you're ready for it. Celebrating our one year anniversary episode. Settle down, you bastards. <laughs> uh, guys, it's been a blast. Let's uh let's yeah, jump off here. Hill folk, please remember follow us on all socials, subscribe to our YouTube, please rate and review this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go leave those five star ratings. And I'm gonna steal this one from Tony. Go to Coon Hunt and Confidentials and Houndstooth Podcast Network. Find these boys up. Go ahead and give them that five-star review. Talk about how much you love them, and then go hit play. Because that's what we do for people that we love. That's right. Was that pretty close? 
That's pretty, pretty good, close. Adam. Pretty good. Uh, so that's what you need to do. Uh, more importantly, most importantly than anything, share the show. Share both of these shows. Send it to everybody you know. Share it. Get the word out. Ryan, Lance. I love, love you, you and to mean it. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Hill folk, we love you. And until next time, we'll see y'all later. Thank you.